Welcome to Take This Poem Podcast, where we explore the rich, wild things that good poems can do in the everyday lives of ordinary folks. I'm your host, Mary Guidis. Whether you're a longtime poetry lover like I am, or just barely interested, I invite you to take this poem. I hope it amends the soil of your life. Greetings. I'm glad to be here today with another good graveyard poem. Now, I made myself wait a while because I don't want this to be a depressing, morbid podcast, but I think enough weeks have gone by that we have time again for a beautiful cemetery poem. Don't you? The one I have today is by A.E. Stallings. She's an American poet and classicist who has lived in Greece for the last couple decades. I believe she's still there. And she's an interesting figure in poetry, in modern poetry to me, because she writes with a lot of formal structure and meter and rhyme. Um, And since a lot of her work has been translating classical poetry, and as I said, she has studied the classics, it's interesting to me to see her going back to subject matter and to a meter and rhythm that are more structured. And yet she's been very successful at being published in some pretty prestigious modern publications such as The New Yorker and Poetry Magazine. So she's doing well with helping to revive some more ancient and traditional forms of poetry. And it always fascinates me when someone's able to pull that off. It isn't easy. So the poem I have today is called, sorry, let me find it, Memorial. And it goes like this. You'd lost your father's grave. We wandered row by row and plot by plot. And it was hot under stiff cypress shade. The stillness drowned by a lone insect's corrugated sound. You went on ahead to inquire of the bureaucracy of the dead. Overdressed, uncomfortable as guilt, we stood around not knowing how to behave. The kids began to wilt, and there was nowhere to sit that wasn't a tomb. Each grave was kitted out with a dustpan and a little broom to tidy the gardens of the bereft, and here and there hung plastic watering cans, chained to headstones and trees. Without a doubt, even in this place there was a problem with theft. Then you came back with the coordinates and snagged a priest glistening in polyester black, who, at the grave, now found, spoke of the rest and rising of the dead, as if they were so many loaves of bread, tucked in their oblong pans, in a kitchen, gold with sunlight, rich with yeast. You might have heard more rhymes in this poem than a lot of the ones that I've brought to you. Many of them are obvious when they come at the ends of lines, like drowned and sound, But there's some good ones in here that are hidden and give me a fun surprise when I'm reading through and I I hear a word rhyming with something that came a few lines before when I wasn't expecting it. Um, Some example of those. I thought there was one that I really liked. Well, Priest is up in the next to the last stanza and eight lines or so later comes the last line which ends in yeast. And it's just so yummy to have that word 
not only have it be part of an image that's just gorgeous to me, the image of the graves as oblong pans and the dead resting and then rising in them like bread dough. Um, so the image itself of the golden kitchen rich with yeast, but the fact that priest has been said a few lines before, when we get to the word yeast, it's just this clicking in feeling of goodness that it just makes more formal structure and rhyme so fun. I think in general structure can be thought of as being rigid and being strict and keeping creativity from happening or keeping little explosions of um, connection from happening, but sometimes it can have the opposite effect. Working within that structure can make these language, this use of language all the more satisfying and something like rhyme. I just believe it's built into our souls to enjoy that and have that be a fulfilling, oh yeah, sort of feeling when we hear that rhyme. I love that she would write about this in general, the sort of unromantic image of being at the graveyard, being hot, the polyester, the chained up broom and dustpan, as though somebody's going to come, you know, steal from a graveyard. All of this, there's a little bit of humor, a lot of discomfort, and it all sort of melts into the beauty of that last bread loaf image that I already talked a little bit about. I don't think I need to say too much more about this. I really just wanted to bring her to you. I've been wondering if there are listeners who were wanting more formal poetry or wanting some more traditional poetry. And it was fun for me to bring a poet who's writing today, but with some of that more traditional style that you might have been wanting. So look into Stallings if you're interested. There are so many poets who are dead and gone who I love, but there's something exciting about reading someone who's living and working right now. Partly because if you love them enough, you could email them and write a little fan letter and express your appreciation. But partly because it's exciting to know what's being done out there right now and that some of this traditional classical stuff is coming back in style. Or at least some people are able to pull it off. I'm going to read this one more time before I let you go. Once again, it's Memorial by A.E. Stallings. You'd lost your father's grave. We wandered row by row and plot by plot, and it was hot under stiff cypress shade, the stillness drowned by a lone insect's corrugated sound. You went on ahead to inquire of the bureaucracy of the dead. Overdressed, uncomfortable as guilt, we stood around, not knowing how to behave. The kids began to wilt, and there was nowhere to sit that wasn't a tomb. Each grave was kitted out with a dustpan and a little broom to tidy the garden beds of the bereft. And here and there hung plastic watering cans chained to headstones and trees. Without a doubt, even in this place, there was a problem with theft. Then you came back with the coordinates and snagged a priest, glistening in polyester black, who at the grave, now found, spoke of the rest and rising of the dead as if they were so many loaves of bread 
tucked in their oblong pans, in a kitchen, gold with sunlight, rich with yeast. Part of my vision for Take This Poem was to have it be interactive. I imagined it as a virtual bonfire poetry reading, where friends, family, local poets, and you can come together to warm our hands on some poetry. So what would that look like? Well, I'm glad you asked. You could send me a voice recording of you reading a poem to be included in a mailbag poetry reading. Commenting on the poem is welcome, but optional. Don't be shy. It's the only voice you got. What better use for it do you have than reading beautiful words out loud? Also, you could request a poem that you'd like to hear me read and ponder on the show. Or tell me what you've been thinking about these days and I could play literary matchmaker and choose a poem for you. And by the way, I am aware that I have a small but loyal following of youngsters out there and these invitations are all open to them as well. Send any of these or other ideas you have to take this poem podcast at gmail.com and join me in sharing good poems with this little community. I hope to hear from you soon.